Section 46 of Narratives of Colored Americans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Narratives of Colored Americans by Abigail Mott and M.S. Wood. Billy and Jenny. About the year 1738, a man and his wife named Tom and Katie who were in bondage to Thomas Bowne on Long Island, had a little son whom they called Billy. This little boy, when old enough to work, was sold to a farmer in the neighborhood, who, according to the custom of those days, went with his servants into the field and allotted to each one his portion of labor. By this means, Billy became acquainted with the different branches of husbandry and was inured to industry. With this farmer, he was pretty comfortably cared for and kept to his daily labor until the 31st year of his age. About the year 1744, the master of one of those ships employed in bringing the poor Africans from their native land, among others, brought away a little girl. Too young, alas, to tell even by what means or in what way she was taken. This little girl after suffering all the hardships attendant on her situation in a long confinement on shipboard, was landed in New York and sold according to the custom of that time. She was bought by Samuel Underhill and taken to Long Island to wait on his wife and children, and they called her Jenny. As she advanced in age, she became more and more useful in her master's family and satisfied with her situation. Her mistress, being a woman of an uncommonly amiable disposition, having known the subjugation of her own will, by the operation of that principle which brings into harmony all the discordant passions, and one of that description also, that looked well to the ways of her household, and ate not the bread of idleness, she was qualified to govern her family with mildness and discretion, and to set them an example of economy, sobriety, cheerfulness, and industry. Jenny, being placed under the tuition of such a mistress, in due time became qualified to fill the station allotted her with propriety as an honest, sober, industrious, and useful servant. When she had arrived at about the twentieth year of her age, she was visited by the before-mentioned Billy in the character of a suitor. After mature deliberation, and their affections becoming more strongly fixed, with the approbation of those concerned, the marriage ceremony was performed. Thus were they united, not only in the bonds of wedlock, but those of sincere affection, which abundantly manifested itself in the conduct toward and respect for each other during a long and laborious life, and in their care of their numerous offspring, which consisted of nine sons and one daughter. Time passing on with them, they partook of such a share of happiness as their situation in life would permit until the year 1769, when the master of Jenny, having purchased a farm in Westchester County, was preparing to remove his family thither. This circumstance became a very close trial to this affectionate pair, who by this time had several children. The thoughtfulness and anxiety felt by them on this occasion being reciprocated by their masters, a proposition was made for an exchange. The wife of one of Billy's fellow servants being in the family with Jenny, accommodations were soon made, 
and Billy was admitted a resident in the family with his beloved partner. When they all proceeded to their new settlement, where they lived in harmony and concord for many years, and until their master's children were all married and settled. During this period, Billy and Jenny, with all their children, were liberated by their master, and such of them as were old enough were placed where they might be brought up to habits of industry, and be prepared to provide for themselves a comfortable subsistence. But Billy and Jenny remained with him. Age and infirmity at length put a period to their kind master's life, and his family, being thus deprived of his care and exertions, were induced to leave their abode. The mistress, who had long exercised an affectionate care over her household, finding herself lonely, retired to live with her children, and with her youngest son she remained to an advanced age and was then gathered into rest as a shock of corn in its season. Billy and Jenny, having a house provided for them, remained under the care of their former master's descendants, and with their own industry and the generosity of their friends, they were comfortably situated. But when Billy was so disabled by infirmity that he could not work as a day laborer, he cultivated a little garden and did some light jobs for his neighbors. Their children being out, while Jenny's health and strength remained, she went out to washing and house cleaning. Billy generally waited on her to the place of destination, and then, returning to his habitation, nursed his garden and poultry until toward evening, when he would go to accompany her home. More genuine politeness and unremitting attention between a man and his wife are rarely to be found, in city or country, than were manifested by the sable pair. Thus they lived several years, but Jenny at length became enfeebled by age, and her sight failed so that she was no longer capable of laboring abroad or using her spinning wheel at home as heretofore, which made it necessary for them to be placed in a different situation. One winter, while they remained at housekeeping, there came a very severe snowstorm with high wind so that passing from one place to another was rendered very difficult for several days. As soon as practicable, their friend, who had the care of them and supplied their wants, went to see how they fared, when Jenny, meeting him at the door and being asked how they were, etc., said, O oh, Master Richard, I am wonderful glad to see thee. If the storm had lasted much longer, I believe we should have froze to death. Our wood was most gone, and Billy is one of the honestest niggers in the world, for he had rather freeze to death than steal a rail from the fence. This circumstance is recorded as one specimen of their honest simplicity. In the spring of 1815, they were removed to the habitation of one of their sons, where they were boarded, and there they remained until death, the destroyer of all earthly comforts, put a period to Jenny's life after a few days' severe illness, about the 78th year of her age. The same affectionate attachment that pervaded her mind in youth and in health remained unshaken to the last, her sight, as before remarked, being almost gone when lying on her bed, she frequently inquired for Billy, but when she was told he was lying behind her, or sitting by her, she was satisfied. Thus she closed a long and laborious life, beloved and respected for her many good qualities, and her consistent conduct. Billy died at Scarsdale, Westchester County, New York, 
on the fourth of third month eighteen twenty six after a few days illness aged about eighty-seven years and was decently interred by the side of jenny on the sixth of the same month end of section forty six